Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. What's going on? It's episode 54 of Breaker Culture Weekly. Thank you so much for joining and uh, a little bit of a different uh, climate today because I'm on the road and I'm recording this uh, introduction here from a commons area. So pardon the interruption. Uh, there's been multiple dogs and, and multiple doors slamming behind me, but uh, we'll have to deal with it real quick. I wanted to get this episode out today. This is an important one because we're starting to shift a little bit and focus on different topics in our interviews. And one of the big interview topics that I have is, and something near and dear to my heart, is this idea of entrepreneurship and specifically related to entrepreneurship within the hobby. So what are some of the tips and tricks and the nuggets and the, the uh, um, slivers of wisdom that you can uh, you can extract from some of the really forward-thinking folks in our industry. And so that's what I, I wanted to to spend some time doing today. And look, we've had Chris from Top Shelf Breaks on a few times. We've had him on um, once to kind of talk through his backstory and really how Top Shelf Breaks form. And then another time to, to talk about different aspects of sports and different some, some different releases that came out. But I wanted to have Chris on again. It's been about three months. And I wanted to dig into some of his, um, the, the mindset that he approaches things with when it comes to um, gauging successes of his campaigns, really. Um, He has some of the best marketing ideas, um, the ways he approaches his business from a a creativity standpoint, I think is really second to none in the industry. I think he does really the best job uh, in group breaking when it comes to campaigning and marketing for his business. And so I wanted to have him on and talk through really what goes into that behind the scenes and um, what what the mindset should be as you're measuring the metrics and you're looking at what's important for your business so that if you're running a business, whether it's in the hobby or not, or you're thinking about running a business, you, uh, you're you not blindsided and you know kind of how to approach things. So enjoy this conversation. Enjoy the conversation. We're not talking about products today. In fact, I don't even think we talk about a release the entire time. It's kind of fun mixing it up a little bit. So again, one of those things I'm starting to see in my social media circles where there are lots of conversations around, oh my goodness, I want to start a side hustle or, oh, hey, I want to start earning some some money here and there. I want to get an ROI on on this product. And look, there's a lot that you can do for specific products. And we do that and help you with that on breakerculture.com. But when it comes to a mindset, uh, that's a whole different topic. And that's what we talk about today. So enjoy the conversation. Go check us out on breakerculture.com. Let us know if you like this. And uh, yeah, we'll keep doing more of them. I just want to go on record real quick and say, literally from this point right now, 48 hours ago, I was building giant snow forts in a blizzard with my son. And today, 
it's 70 plus degrees out, blue sky and sunny. So happy spring. No kidding. Yeah, I heard Chicago. I heard <laughs> yeah. you had like a thousand flight cancellations. Yeah, it was bad. It was a buddy bad. of mine got stuck up there. He went to go see a Cubs game and got stuck up there for three extra days. Well, Star Wars Celebration was this weekend. A lot of people couldn't get here from Tops and a bunch of other uh, people just couldn't get in at all on, on uh, Sunday. So, wow. Um, Good old Chicago land. How are you? What's new in your life and world, dude? Well, uh, we're about a week away from having baby number six. So, some baby number six. Yeah, actually, yeah. I didn't. Did I know that that you had five kids already? I don't broadcast it often. Yeah, but uh, wow! Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Boys, thank you. girls, curious. What you got? What's the mix? We have uh, we have two two boys, three girls, and we don't okay. know what the third or the six is. So we're kind of a uh, we're hoping it's the Brady Bunch mix, but we don't we don't know. So we're well, there you go. Well, congratulations in yeah. advance. One week, it's on. That's right. It's funny. We were just joking today, my wife and I. We've we've done this so much that we're not even stressing over anything. It's like every little flinch. Like usually, you would just be like, "Oh, oh shoot, is that the time? Is it? We should go to the hospital. What's going on?" <laughs> right. But it's like, please, man. This is nothing. Just keep it on. I have I have two. It's like the first kid. You know, you've got the wrap when you take them to Target that they sit in, so there's no germs around them. You're laying out the place that. <laughs> At restaurants, so there's no dirt on the, on the table at the restaurant. And, and by the time we had uh, Colston, our second one, there's like stuff falling on the floor and his binky. Here you go, buddy. Let me just rinse that off real quick. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's in this bacteria. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, it's good so for you. To put you in. You're, you're fine. The carts are fine. I'll use little wipe off things in Target. You don't need this big thing to sit around in it. So I, exactly. I kind of can relate to that. But six coming up, dude. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Thank well, thanks you. for finding the time to get me on in amongst, you know, your wife about to have her sixth baby. Yeah, well, if she runs in and says, hey, it's time, then, I mean, I'll have to prioritize okay. her for a second. I'll come back, but. <laughs> so you're saying you won't keep the feed live somehow as you're exactly. preparing just to finish the show. We'll do a Facebook Live all the way to the hospital. It'll be fine. Everyone <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> no, man, but you've, been, you've got some crazy stuff going on. We haven't talked for, what, two mm-hmm. and a half, three months, which is great. Yeah. But uh, you play playoffs time, football usually. Yeah, we do. Gypsy breaks is where we left off. I don't know when that officially started, but that was a week, week in front of that. So yeah, it was, it was back during the NFL playoffs, probably. Yeah, you know, Super Bowl time, January, February. Cool. Well, let's. We have a lot to talk about. You and I have talked yes. about an agenda, and I'm, I'm excited to get into some of this because it's going to be a little bit more of a educational podcast uh-huh. today. So I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to that. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about you and uh, to how's Gypsy breaks going. Uh, Rip and Gypsy, Mindy is doing a great job. Um, there's kind of a plan that I had and, and she had and we had on how to go about doing this. And kind of the key was to start out um, kind of light and not try to do too much, too soon, too fast. That's just how mm. you should do things. So basically the, the model is she does breaks on Sunday and Monday, which gives me um, time, quote, off. And uh, she takes over and does the breaks from stuff that comes out on um you know, Wednesdays are usually a release day or a Friday. So she will do all those breaks from stuff that carries over from release day. Okay. And so uh, she's busy. She's busy, man. She <laughs> does a lot of the breaks that we do on Wednesdays and Fridays. And we throw in some mixers and she has her rip packs and Star Wars. So she's doing a great job. I'm really, really happy uh, to have what we have together. Beautiful. Have yeah. you uh, have you found people starting to leave? following you and your breaks and shifting over to rip and gypsy is that is that kind of what's happening well, i totally expect I, that well hell i would hope not <laughs> no we're a team dude 
We're a team. Hey, there's nothing wrong with preferences. I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I don't know the metric. I mean, I see uh, everybody in both breaks, to be honest with you. Okay. I see them both. And the, the one concern that I had was that people, you know, consumers get easily confused. No offense to you consumers, but a lot of times y'all just get so accustomed to things that they go on a Sunday to Monday night and like, wait a minute, am I, who's this? Where's Chris? So that's why it was important to come on places like here to let the word out that, you know what, Chris is off Sunday and Mondays. I'm off. And Mindy is top shelf breaks, but she's the ripping gypsy. Mm. So now everyone is figuring that out that, oh yeah, Chris is off Sunday and Mondays and she's in Ohio. Not Chicago. Mm. So it takes a little bit of time, but everyone has adjusted well in supporting her breaks and supporting TSB. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. That's how it should work. I'm glad to hear it's actually working that way. I still have a Rip and Gypsy's logo on the on the sidebar on our page, and every time it pops up, it just gives me a smile. Such great it, work on your logos. It, it really is, and that's one of the things that attracted me to them and, and um, her husband Smash is that they're very like-minded as far as marketing and promotions and sales and building relationships with people goes. You know, like I'll open up a mail day and she's like, look, I had some TSB pens made. You oh, know, well. it just she's always thinking forward like that to push breaks and to push the brands and, and get to know everybody one by one at a time. Love it. Love it. Love. Love, love, love. Now, when you say pins, you have like Apple pins for like the iPad made. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Apple pens. Yeah, they're like, I don't know, $79 a piece. <laughs> so that would be a good promotional item to send out $79 TSB pens. You, you jammed them in your silver packs or whatever we you did. did. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Hitless protection. <laughs> iPen pads. Uh, what about your retail stuff? How's that going? I, I heard you moved a little closer. Is that premature? Okay. Yeah, TSB Retail. Uh, I got out of the house about a year ago and moved here to West Dundee. So I have the break studio here, and it's a commercial building. And and then the other side is like um, sorting and packing, and uh, there's display cases. And that's working great. So I wasn't waking up each day going, man, I got to find a place. Let me check on realtor.com and let me call agents and let's search. I wasn't doing that because I'm fine here. But this lease is coming up in two months. And I would drive by this place every day coming to here, and I saw the sign, lease, available. Long story short, something told me to call it one day. I was driving by, and I said, I'm going to call the freaking number just to find out what's going on with this place. I went there, and I just had a really good feeling, and it was price point was not much more than where I am already, and it was three minutes from the house. And it's a walk-in place from the street. You you park in the uh, parking lot, and you walk right in. It's a storefront uh, place. 1100 plus square feet. So um, we, we did some wheel and a deal and the place needed some work done into it because the guy that was there before me was a jerk, quite frankly, and stole everything, ripped out the lights, didn't pay him. Mm-hmm. Just totally left, totally left him hanging. And I was like, well, I'm going to be the opposite of that as a tenant here for you, <laughs> just, so you just so you know. And uh, we, we, we came up with a deal together and it starts May 1st. Uh, it's mid-April right now, so May 1st is basically what they call free month rent. So I'll be able to okay. roll in there May 1st, and then I hope to have everything fully open for business uh, come June. Wow. So what what are you going to stock in there? Are you planning on stocking sealed wax cards? Yeah. What's going on? Okay. Here, here's the good thing that I think is important we talk about is that um, over the years, I have built top shelf breaks to where it is. Like it sustains this building that I'm in now. And, and covers that. I wouldn't have been able to move here if I, you know, if I had to come up with all this extra money and overhead to be here. So that's already laid the groundwork. So when I move into the new place, the top shelf sports cards, 
this breaking operation mm. supports that. So I do not have the fear, the pressure, the anxiety of, oh my God, I got to open up this giant bonanza of a kick-ass full-blown retail shop instantly mm. and, and hit the ground running with selling all kinds of boxes and, and stuff. I'll be able to take my time and get it done how I want it on my timeline because the brakes already support it. There's a studio that was already in there, by the way. It looks just like a radio station with the glass windows on both sides. Awesome. I couldn't believe Man, I'm not that kidding. Is I awesome. And there was a studio. <laughs> I don't know what they used it for before, maybe a reception area. And all I could see was the big sign that I'm going to put up there that says live, you know, and it looks out onto the main floor. And then the price and then the proximity to my house is now two minutes and 22 seconds away. Oh, my goodness. It really, really, really is. I can ride my bike there in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, whatever, um, if I wanted to, which I probably will, to get some exercise. Wow. That is awesome. So, what, what a yeah. – it could yeah, not have I will worked carry, out I will more better boxes. for you. I, I will definitely carry um, wax boxes okay. and, and do that. all those things that you find in your local card shop. I'm going to have some nice monitors in there, uh, sports nights. Just It's going to be a really dynamic, cool, fun, modern – um, experience of a, of a shop. That's my great. plan. What, yeah. what's, what's the closest card shop to you? There is, so I'm an Elgin. This is an Elgin and the, the closest physical one is probably 10 to 15 minutes away. Okay. And that's the only one. Wow. So yes, no kidding. And, um, the cool thing about this time, how about this little caveat next to the fact that there's a studio already in there, the proximity to the house and only being a very small percentage more than where I'm at now, there is a gaming store already in the building on the end. Magic, Pokemon, Nintendo, and board games. They don't do sports, and it's it's on the end. So there's already a built-in collector base that goes to that shop. Amazing. And we're going to share in, um, you know, share customers. They don't do sports. I don't do Magic and Pokemon and all that other stuff, and I probably won't. Because I don't know that world. So there's already foot traffic coming in there, going over to the gaming goat. And uh, we'll hopefully be sharing in, in customers. So can't wait. No kidding. Well, let's be honest. After our first conversation six months ago, we started talking Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You have a gift for understanding Pokemon. It's very, very obvious to everyone listening. <laughs> oh, Pokemon? I, think, I, th- I don't think you need to sell yourself short. Pokemon, top shelf Pokemon. That, that- yeah. Top shelf magic. No. Yeah. Yeah, that could not have worked out better. My goodness. It does. Because there is a little overlap, right? I mean, some of those collectors do. It's small, I think. But, you know, even if you get 10, 15% extra foot traffic you wouldn't have got, I'm sure there's guys that that do play all of those. Like, they play those. um, They're they're, they're not. They're board games. What do they call those board games that they play? They're games, gaming things. And they sit at the big table and they hang out all night, eat pizza, and they play all these games. Not just Magic and Pokemon, but there's these crazy D&D-type role-playing games and stuff that there they do go. there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure there's definitely some that um, collect. And if they don't, well, they're going to learn about it, that's for sure. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Who's that crazy man that keeps walking by outside the window? <laughs> yeah, what is he doing? Who is this Mike Trout fella he keeps talking about that they just pulled or whatever, you know? <laughs> I'm going to get a big tornado siren on the top, and every time I pull a big hit, I'm going to set off a tornado siren in the neighborhood. <laughs> that'll draw them in. That'll draw the kids in. Yeah, that'll get them. <laughs> so what, what, what's one thing that uh, you're going to do a little differently 
than most card stores do. Anything come to mind? I mean, you're already, you're already going to be a little different with the whole media window and all that stuff, but anything that rubs you the wrong way when you walk, walk on a card shop and you're like, I'm never going to do this when I open my card shop. Well, here's something that is completely truthful. I don't go into, nor have I been into many card shops because there is only one in my neighborhood and I don't go there. I haven't been there in years. And the only other one I went to was my buddies in Phoenix. So I don't have any really point of reference. I mean, I went to the Tops convention and talked to a lot of shop owners there, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of veterans about it. And I can kind of see in my head what to do. I want it to be like, um, kind of like a live, uh, maybe a sports bar, but tailored to family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just a cool, you know how you walk into a cool sports bar and they got that good, cool colored wood and, and maybe exposed brick, which I will not have, but <laughs> monitors playing sports and games or running the brakes and just a little area over here for the kids and sorting here. Like I, I want it to be loungy, but also a shop, very mm-hmm. organized and, and, and comfortable and cozy and warming and welcome. That's my, my plan for it, a place to hang out and open stuff versus like you walk in and you're in just like a retail land. Like that's not kind of where I want to go with it. Yeah. I, I like the, then, the, the word lounge is what stuck out to me when you were talking. Yep. I want it to be kind of like a lounge place where people come in and, and, and just lounge around and have some good seating and, and um, just buy stuff and sit there and open it and hang out with each other, hang out with each other. Not so sterile. Like this is a retail shop and I got all kinds of retail displays and, and, shelving units all over the place and tchotchkes i don't want it to be like that i want it to be when you walk in it's like a lounge area and also you can buy stuff and get in live breaks i will be focusing on that a lot is live breaks (laughs) you have a little experience doing that so i I get it yeah i've done those times (laughs) (laughs) well man that's awesome i'm happy for you that sounds really really fun i'm looking forward to hopefully getting out there and seeing it later this year are you uh you you said may you get it so when when you're going to be when's your kind of go live date um Probably June. Okay. In the beginning of June, um, like I said, they you know they signed the lease and they give you a quote free month rent because they know you know I'm not doing anything else. Uh, this lease is going to end June first. I'll just have them keep my deposit and then I'm out. So there's no sense in waiting till what is it? Till June first. No wait, what month are we in? Freaking April. We're in April. Yeah, May May first. I can start moving stuff in there, and I can do it on my own time frame little bit here, a little bit mm-hmm. there. It's like I have the big move date, set up the break studio, get all that going, get my display cases in, get them situated. And then I'll be open if people want to come in, you know what I mean? And hang out for sure. Mm. There's already people asking, when can I, you can come in anytime, but I think I'll pick a date the first week of June, see if I can get one of the, the local rock station to come down and broadcast live um, from the shop, do something like that. And that'll be in the first week of June tentatively yeah well uh, three months from now when we're doing our episode four on the the brick culture podcast we're doing it from your shop it's got to be done will be done it shall be done you'll have your sixth child full force full-blown you know demanding time but i'm sure you can find time amongst yeah, feeding we'll, to do some podcasts <laughs> amongst feeding we'll bring all we'll bring every kid we'll bring my wife just to yeah. simulate the audience cheering you know We'll make, well, make it really worthwhile. There's always the national, and this is very tentative, and everyone's probably like, oh, my God, but I'm thinking Thursday night. Wow, I'm kind of just coming right out of the gate with this one. 
Oh boy. I was thinking I was thinking Thursday night at the National having some sort of um, TSB Express where we get on uh, one of those party buses and bring everybody out to Elgin to the shop and do a whole bunch of, you know, national breaks from from all the national product and stuff. Oh. So that's the I'm always thinking you got to be thinking ahead a few months at a time. Heck yeah, man. The disco ball is going to drop down from your ceiling. You're going to be doing some <laughs> <Yeah>. national breaks. <laughs> Tornado siren will be rocking. <laughs> All the magic peeps will be over there hanging. This is going to be fun. I just had an idea. I wonder how much it costs. If I, how much do I have to cost to pay the village to let me set off a tornado siren? I guess that wouldn't be good because people would be scared. That makes <laughs> good advertising. What the hell is that? Oh, that's Top Shelf Sports Cards. They just opened. <laughs> I don't think that would go over too well. <laughs> now that I think about it, people are panicking, driving all fast, crashing. They made a deal with the city. Every time they get a hit, the, t- the tornado siren yeah. goes off for the next yeah, year. Exactly. You must go visit TopShelfSportsCards.com. <laughs> uh, that'd be first. It'd be something I, I'd love to write an article about. So if you get to that point, let me know. Uh, I'll let you know how the tornado siren marketing plan goes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I, I'm guessing that's probably that's probably it for 2019. You're probably just going to tuck it in from there and call it good. Or do you have anything else planned later this year? Uh, 2019 is, is that, you know, that's definitely going to be, especially with the holidays coming, you know, few months after that being prepared for that and i would like to entertain the idea of maybe um i'm thinking through osmosis of people that may be coming through there that i get to know maybe i can find another live um online card concierge to do breaks for me there do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's my other little plan in the back of my head is hopefully i can meet somebody through the shop and opening that will take some of the load off of my plate as far as doing live breaks and uh, I need to find somebody local to do that because all my guys, kids are getting older. Their time is not available anymore. So really hoping I can find somebody through this new process to train and take the breaks here for me. Give me another night or two off maybe or on yeah. your days. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, but that's but other than that, yeah, it's full blown with Rip and Gypsy TSB here and then the top shelf sports cards, my friend. Good for you, man. You're just always moving Thanks. and shaking. It's always it's Thank always you. fun talking to you about this stuff because you're Thanks. doing something different every every couple months. I have to, or I get bored very very easy. I have to be doing something all the time new. Uh, you just seem so laid back and boring. I just don't understand. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> all right, so let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, okay. You know, we I get questions all the time through email, through Twitter, just about. Hey, uh, what have you heard from this breaker? I, I love the story about this guy starting up. Uh, we'd love to more, dig, dig more into some of the details. It'd be helpful for us. And sometimes it's new breakers and sometimes it's just people in the hobby or just people in general that are really curious about the success and the journey of some of you guys. And yeah. you, you being a key one because you've done so many cool things and you've learned a lot of hard lessons and you've had a lot of good successes. So today, I would love to dig in a little bit more about the whole making, breaking, and, and kind of surviving in this hobby, making it a profession, and what, what kind of goes into it, and what you learned. And like we're, we're both capitalists, and we, we love uh, entrepreneurship and that type of stuff. So any yeah. good takeaways we can come from, from you would be, I think, helpful for the audience today. So with well, that being said, let, let's, let's open it up with a bigger question. Is that cool with you, by the way? Is that, is that yeah, okay I, I love that kind of stuff, man. Okay. I absolutely do. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's, let's start from the beginning. And we've heard your story before, so we don't have to get into some of your stories. So let's try right. to draw some nuggets out of it. But when you look at like the evolution of Top Shelf Breaks, what, 
What did you really try to focus on during the early phase? What were you constantly reminding yourself? You know what? I got to stay focused. I got to, I got to keep doing this. What mm-hmm. was that? This? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think back because I, I'm, I'm like you and many others. I, I love everything about being an entrepreneur, reading the magazines, blogs, seminars, webinars, anything that ends in ARS with entrepreneurs I was involved with. So when I would listen to those guys and girls, I would try to take something from what they're saying and I write it down and I go look it up and do it. So I know that people are listening now to you and I, and they want to try to take something out of this as well. Sure. So I think back to when I started and what I really, really did. The goal for me was to create a brand because I did research in the marketplace about what was happening. And I realized that we all do the same thing, meaning we are opening things on a webcam. Yeah. So we're opening up cards, boxes, cases, memorabilia items. We're unboxing things. So I saw that this was going to be big, much like the video game uh, live thing and how that took off to what it is without the competition element. Mm-hmm. And so I did research and I figured like, well, we're all doing the same thing. So how are these guys doing this volume and these guys not? They're, they're, it comes down to branding yourself and advertising and marketing, quite frankly. So my first goal was to establish top shelf breaks in whatever way that I could mm-hmm. inside the mind of the consumers that are in a weird – it's not a physical place, man. Mm-hmm. Like I feel it's going to be so easy for to market the shop here locally because I can walk into different places and say hi to people and you know have events. and But online, man, it's like a dark hole. You have to reach people. Yep. So my first goal was to build relationships, Ty. And one of my mentors a long time ago always told me relationships are key in business and in sales. And the difference between having a relationship with somebody is that if you call them, they pick up the phone and take your call and vice Mm -hmm. versa. So a lot of people say, I got a relationship with this guy and that guy and this vendor and this distributor and this manufacturer. Well, do you really? Because you need all those people. So my first goal was to build relationships with distributors with movers and shakers in the industry, with manufacturers. And I just stayed focused on that and continuously building out the Top Shelf Breaks brand through breaks. You can't come out of the gate thinking, oh, I'm just going to do breaks and make lots of money and you're not doing anything else. So you have to find something to separate yourself from the others. Got it. And that can be personality. That can be the way your screenshots look. That can be holding true to what your company name is top Mm -hmm. shelf is what I wanted to focus on. So that's my company and my goal. That means top shelf, everything that you can do shipping. Um, the, the way you present yourself, is it top shelf? Yes. And you hope that it is. There's things that come up along the way you can't control, but you know, that's what I did focus on building the brand because you need people on your side, you know, and it's like a restaurant. A restaurant, Ty, when they start out, how many restaurants are in the same neighborhood? A dozen or so, right? And they all do the same thing. Burgers, fries, sandwiches. What makes that one restaurant be super busy at night and the other one isn't? There's elements to the place. Sure. Do they advertise more? Do they have cool marketing plans that they do? Do they do really cool promotions that bring people in on certain nights? And because they have a good product grows. If you don't have a good product and you do all those things, you won't grow. So I figured if I have a good product and I can market, advertise and get enough people on board, then it should work. 
and so far I think it is. It looks like it is. No, it's, it's not working, yeah. and that's why we're here today. We want to talk to you about that. Um, no, so but seriously, I love that. Um, I, I do think people forget that at the end of the day, like if you don't have a brand that's truthful, it kind of fits who you are and yeah. is honest with itself, then you got nothing really. Um, what would you say were the big mechanisms to help you, at least during the early phases, to strengthen your brand and to deliver this idea? Sorry. What's that? Um, it cut out for half a second. You said the mechanisms to what build a brand? Yeah, just building and strengthen your brand. Like, what what were you using to kind of help do that? I mean, outside of just the the typical stuff that we all know, like hey, being active in a chat room or following oh, yeah. up. What what else were you doing that kind of you're glad you did? Well, one of the first things I, I knew that it was a competitive space, and at the time, and we're talking five six years ago in the early days, and uh, so I tried to capture the marketplace by finding a time where I could drive everybody into the chat room. So I would go live during half times of big events, the playoffs, the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. all those things, just to get some people in the chat room. From there, um, I started building different types of promotions. And for those of you listening at home, I do believe, and I'm a big stickler about this, that there's a difference between running promotions and doing what everyone does is giveaways. And giveaways are a, I'm probably going to step on some toes here, but it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. Because I feel a giveaway is what you get when you go to the Bulls game and they give you like some little 39 cent tchotchke thing or something. It's, it means nothing to them. They're just giving it away. Here you yeah. go. It's a giveaway. It's a giveaway. Right. And people don't connect with giveaways as value because you're telling them it's just a giveaway. Here you go. So I was really conscious about the things that I was doing to tie them into and make sense with what I was doing. Is it spring training? Well, let's come up with some really cool promotional items around spring training that make sense to promote. Not just, hey, I found some cards and I'm going to give these away at 500 followers. And that doesn't really translate too well. Mm -hmm. So I try to come up with promotions that really made sense and were engaging with people, whether it be WrestleMania or the World Series or the playoffs or the NBA playoffs and just constantly trying to brand the two together. I'm very active on big WrestleMania pay-per-view days and people know that. I don't just go on and here's a picture, retweet it. You know, I follow along with the actual wrestling mm -hmm. and, and get people engaged. So you just have to do that over and over and over again. And it's the restaurant analogy. If you have good food, in addition to all of your marketing and advertising and promotions, the people will come back mm. and it should grow. Word of mouth. You know? Yeah. Love it, man. That, make, that makes a lot of sense. I love the whole comparison between promotion versus giveaway. And I, I honestly never yeah. thought of it that way. Exactly. It's a, it's a good perspective. What would you say when you were kind of building out promotions early on? Um, what do you think that you learned kind of the hard way when it came to promotions? And I'm sure there was a lot of just teetering between, oh, you know what? That's probably more of a giveaway type verbiage. Right. But what, what did you learn and what have you looked on now as you build promotions that you're like, ah, shoot, I'm glad I built that that strong foundation of doing promotions the right way. It's important to me to have, uh, and, and some of these things we've all have heard at some point in, in our trek through business training or school or whatever, but I, I want quality over quantity. Quantity is good. Quantity is good. Meaning number of customers that you have to draw upon mm -hmm. and to reach. That is awesome. And I hope I attain that someday where I have so many customers you don't even really have to do as much of the things that I'm doing. Mm 
But being a promotional guy and an advertising guy, I always will do that. So um, you, you got to have quality people that are there for your product, not for giveaways or free stuff. Yep. You know what I mean? So I learned your, to answer your question. I learned that uh, the hard way being early I was so focused on giving stuff away and free spots and this and that and, and just hammering it through, taking my time working on all that stuff. And it wasn't translating into sales. Just wasn't. You know what I mean? Hmm. It just wasn't. So that's what I learned. And uh, I had another breaker in the business, a mentor that helped me see that and, and warned me about doing those kind of things. I took it to heart and it made me nervous because I'm like, well, will people come in here if I'm not doing anything like this? And they will because they like your product. They'll take the extra promotions. Hey, I'm going to buy spots anyway. But if you're going to throw in a Carlos Correa baseball bat, even cooler. You yeah. know? Right. So th those are the things I definitely specifically remember. And I also changed up the business model like we talked about before and moved to new releases. Um, I was afraid to spend money on the new release stuff. And I was doing a lot of backstock stuff. And there's not a whole lot of margin on backstock stuff. Um, you're you're going to be spinning your wheels if you're constantly just doing backstock. Mm -hmm. Unless you got it at pre-sale prices and you're doing it two months later. But to go out buy the current market price stuff and then do breaks of it, it's you're kind of spinning your wheels because A, your spot price is going to be really high because you had to pay retail to buy it, basically. So if you're buying at retail, how are you going to sell it at retail? You have to sell it for more. Yep. And that becomes difficult. So I learned that lesson pretty quickly, too. I was looking at the numbers going, man, I'm doing a lot of breaks, but holy crap, I'm not getting anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't. Uh, but we were doing breaks, so I had to do that to keep the machine rolling. Sure. You know? Yeah. And, and I think people forget about that too. Like, you, I mean, you just have to do that stuff. You like, do. Everything is not going to be max profit. You know, there's, there's the loss leaders, as they say, and some are just weak profit leaders. <laughs> so I'm sure you've figured out which ones are which. What? Yeah. It's a business. You're running a business. And yeah. one of the things that people need to know, whether you're starting a, a – you want to be a painter here or whatever you're doing – there's going to be an investment involved when you start a business and it's going to be monetary financial, and it's going to be your time. Mm -hmm. And to start a business, you have to be prepared to do and lose both of those things. Unless you come from a wealthy family or something and there you have all this money and they're like, here, go start your business. Here's 50 grand, hundred <laughs> grand, go open up your shop and, and go, go, go at it. But to, to be a regular person, you know, day to day, American to start a business, there's there's cost involved in sure. time and, and money lost to keep your business going at some point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny. You, I, I don't think I've really talked to anybody since I've started that was kind of grandfathered in per se. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that always strikes me with every single breaker that's made it, you know, at least somewhat to the top, if you will, is they never realized how much time it was going to take. Money, okay, they dealt with, but time yep. was like, oh my gosh, six months in, I was yes. totally crushed at the knees because I couldn't figure out how to handle all this that demand is exactly of time. It. That is exactly it, Ty. And it, it's like a, it's like a, 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 my God, what are those things in the ocean that stick out? That's ridiculous. Icebergs. <laughs> uh, Sharks? Yes. Uh, it's like an iceberg because the top <laughs> looks awesome. It's beautiful and you're doing breaks and you're having fun and you're pulling monsters. But that's just the tip of it, man. There is so much that goes into building that underneath 
And that's finding the product, buying mm-hmm. the product, invoicing, accounts receivable, accounts payable, taxes, um, rent, employees, insurance. Podcasting like on Breaker Culture. It, podcasting it adds up. Podcasting on BreakerCulture.com. So <laughs> you're right, time man, the time. And people um, find out the hard way, like, okay, so now I have to sort, top load, sort, pack, and ship all this stuff? Can I just throw it away and do breaks again tonight? <laughs> For seven no. bucks profit? No, not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, their time. So your time, for everybody listening at home, your time becomes truly valuable. We all know that that's your most valuable asset. We've heard that a million times at every seminar you've attended or book you read. And I found that out because I used to have all the time in the world and it didn't make sense to me. Like time is your most valuable asset. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That's just a dumb entrepreneurial thing. (laughs) That's what I thought. Like, oh, you just don't have anything else to say. Time is your most valuable asset. Get out of here. No, it isn't. Because I had so much time and I would find stuff to fill my time. Now... You are trying to squeeze in all these things in your time that you have to work on it, and you need to be compensated for that. Again, unless you come from a wealthy family and your wife is extremely uh, well off and she doesn't care that you spend 14 hours a day working somewhere and you bring home 100 bucks. Even then, people won't come back to you because the the time is what makes all of your work so so good and unique. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's shift because uh, we uh, – um, er, yeah, exactly. We'll have to throw a sound effect in there. I, I have one. Hang on a second. I okay, wait, wait. Okay, you can't hear it probably, but I hit it. We're good. Let's go. Wow, that's really helpful. Really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, it. Uh, so I'm a data guy. I like to geek out on some of this stuff. Well, let's shift and talk a little bit about the metrics and let, let's talk about promotions first. I mean what, what have you found okay. like for instance when you're, when you're looking at the success of a promotion – what metrics do you go to to judge, gauge the success of a promotion? Um, um, you use the word metrics a lot. Do you mean like reports that I run? Yeah, I mean like let's we'll, we'll just keep it very general. I mean what what do yeah, you it, what would you say? How would you say like yeah this promotion was successful outside sales. of like sales? But sales. Like, oh, oh yeah. What, what, I see a I see a direct correlation. Direct you, correlation okay. between promotions that I run when I get that creative wave in my brain and I just find myself two hours invested putting together a promotion and I run it and I launch it, it's a direct correlation to sales and spots being bought. So it works. Okay. Do do you have other analytics that you're checking out to support that? Or is it just really that simple for you? You look at how it affects sales. There's real, I don't know what else I could look at. I mean, I'm trying to promote the brand to bring in new customers and I am uh, the owner here. So I see every single order that comes in. I have an app that pops up on my phone and I hit refresh and I can see all the latest orders. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember half the time where my phone or my, my keys are, but I remember every customer. So I see a new name that comes in and I'll email that person. Hey, welcome to TSP. Nice to meet you. Are you brand new to breaking? Uh, or, and how did you find me? I always ask them. Was it Twitter? Was it social media? Was it um, Google? Was it a referral? Oh, yeah, uh, Ty referred me. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Then I know, and I make a note, and I say, nice to meet you, and I super serve those people. And That's you, why I do the promotions. You cut me the $100 check right after you send the email, too, which is I don't great. know how it went up to 100 It was $25, <laughs> but now if it comes to 100 and we're live on the air. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been said. Uh, okay, so I guess what I was I was trying to lead you this, and I shouldn't have assumed that you even okay. use these metrics. It's probably not fair. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of these online businesses now are trying to figure out ways. How do I measure conversions 
Okay. Conversion, conversion, conversion. I get them to my site and maybe the promotion is the way you get someone to the TSP site. Okay. Are, are you tracking conversion rates? Do they go up when you have promotions? Do they go up certain times of the year? I'd be curious because that, that seems to be a, hey, how do I, yeah. how do I increase my conversions? It's always, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. And that does require, again, time to dig into that and read reports on Google yep. ads that I'm running. Um, or the Twitter ads that I'm running. And I can see those quite simply. I can see how many clicks I got, how much it cost me for those clicks. So I look at those, but I know that if people are clicking on the website and yeah. I see the sales spiking, I know that it's working. Yeah. And there's different types of ads you can do. You can do um, um, ads where you want them to directly click on your website. You can do ads where you want them to just see your see your ad and you get a lot of impressions. So I tinker around with all these different types and I just know because I take a break from Twitter or uh, Google. I turn oh. them off. You can pause stuff. Mm-hmm. So I do te- – this, this is the most unscientific metric in the world, but all I do is turn it off. And when I turn it off, <laughs> I don't have any sales. <laughs> you literally close the valve and so, sales stop. How's that for a metric? <laughs> Turn it off, no sales. Turn it on, I have sales. Okay. And that's truthful. Right. And it's that's a matter impressive. of how much you spend and how and how frequent you do and what you're targeting and, and certain keywords and stuff. And um, that's that's really how I do it. I do look at those reports, but it, it won't tell me. What, I'd have to do another report, Ty, to go through and actually say, well, who clicked that, which you don't know who it is. But I'm assuming that if I'm running a big campaign – and I'm seeing new guys come in. I'm assuming it's coming from that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. If they don't tell me it's a referral from a specific person. Right. It has to be from that. Because like I said, if I turn it down or turn it off, um, you do not see an influx of the new people. And you need new people all the time. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Does that help you, man? I want to I want to help you. I know you love this kind of stuff. No, <laughs> no. I, I, it's not so much for me. I guess I'm just trying to lay out the landscape a little bit for folks that are interested in what really goes on behind the scenes. Cause I mean, look, there's some guys that are really into that stuff and some guys, you know what, they've, they've, they've really simplified the science behind I wish. sales and converting I wish. and all that stuff. And it seems like yeah. you've, you've simplified things and I, I like it a lot. I, I wish I had the time. I wish I could be full time where all I, because when I first started, that's all I did was marketing, advertising, promotions, reaching out to people, building relationships. But now the plate is so full that it turns into helping with the shipping and the sorting overflow. So that stays on a timely schedule Sure. and and just doing other things that command my time with purchasing and building breaks. And, you know, I don't have as much, I would love to just, that's why I want another breaker. Cause if I find (laughs) someone else to do that, then I can really dig in and really dig in on marketing and advertising and learn about those reports and how to fine tune and tweak that, you know, they're there. The tools are there on Twitter. The tools are there in, in Google ads. I think it's called Google ads nowadays mm-hmm. are two big ones. You got to use those, but it costs money. It's yeah. very competitive space and it costs money to do it. You, you're big on Twitter. You're big on Facebook. Which yeah. one, if you're, if you're doubling down going forward the rest of the year, which one are you doubling down on? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely a little deficient in the Instagram world and I'm deficient oh. in the Facebook world. Yes. And I get yelled at by my other colleagues and friends that tell me, dude, you gotta, you gotta get on Instagram. I am, quote, on Instagram, 
but it's like just another place I got to post something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, so it becomes time to post it on the Twitter machine, post it on the Facebook. And then I have to go over to Instagram and post everything on there and manage that. Mm-hmm. So somehow Instagram has gotten um, dissed. And I, you know, I got a buddy who said he'll take over and help with the Instagram, but I still have to send him the photos and stuff and the information. So I'm going with Twitter because that's what got me here. Single-handedly, this was built through Twitter. Mm. Literally single-handedly, I would say, well, 90%. Twitter shelf breaks. It is Twitter shelf breaks. (laughs) (laughs) My buddies have Um, shelf breaks. I love them. They're in Kansas City. They started mid-shelf breaks to troll me a little bit. I got to see how they're doing out there. Uh, well, just give me their address. I'll swing by and talk to him later today. Um, That's right. Yeah, we got to get you guys connected. <laughs> We've been saying that for two years. I know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, interesting. H- have you tried YouTube advertising? Out of curiosity, I mean, you I have not. Okay. No. Right. I-, I thought you know, like I said, it's a time thing. If I go into the Google uh, dashboard, I'm sure there's something in there that you click or can push or change to yeah. to um, market onto YouTube. Um, yeah, you know, I'd be, I'd be curious. I, I, I think there are a couple of breakers that do it, or maybe maybe not breakers, but uh, folks in the hobby that do it. Um, yeah, and I'd be curious enough if it's if it's as lucrative as Twitter, Facebook. Facebook's not. Facebook to me seems like it's not as uh, hot as it was even a year ago. I don't know if that's your take on it. But. Facebook is cheap. Facebook I do use for sometimes if I have a very big special, um, you know, mixer like say around the playoffs or something. Uh huh. Playoffs. Playoffs. I will. I will spend a whopping twenty or thirty dollars on Facebook to boost it up to more uh, of my followers on on Facebook for them to see it. Because that's what Facebook does to you now. They charge you, and then they'll mm-hmm. actually show it to people. Because if you don't, for some reason, <laughs> nobody really sees it. I'm talking <laughs> about a page, not a group. I have a page. Yep. The top shelf breaks uh, page. Top shelf cards. I think it is. Yep. So I do utilize that because it's cheap. And every once in a while, they, they, they pop up this thing that says, do you want to boost this post? Which is good for Facebook that they do that. Because if they don't do that, I probably wouldn't boost. But they're like, for only $7, you can reach you know, 2,600 people. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's pretty dope. <laughs> really? What if, I, what if I spent $50? <laughs> so again, I see a correlation from that because I ask. I'll see somebody who has not been in the breaks for a long time. And I have to ask them because that's, this is my... ADD metric. How did you, what made you come back? You haven't bought spots here in a year, but you bought spots tonight. Why was that? Oh, I saw it on Facebook and I just had an inkling, you know, I haven't been there in a while, had some extra PayPal. So thought I'd give it a shot again. That stuff works. Yeah. That's definitely 1000% the advertising and the marketing works. Mm. Yep. It does for sure. Yeah. And for folks that don't know what he's talking about, I mean, this is re- this is targeted Facebook ads, and if, if you any business you have, if you're not doing it for your business, then you're just missing a massive opportunity. An opportunity that I think a lot of po- folks will probably say a year and a half from now probably is not going to exist. It's just not going to be there. Yeah, who knows? But there's targeting targeting ads like you just mentioned, and then there's boosting your posts, mm-hmm. which is really cheap. That's just putting a boost out to your followers to see it more. And you can kind of target where you want them to go. There's Facebook ads, which is a whole involved mm-hmm. thing. But to boost a post is really cheap. So when, when you just click the boost, it boosts it to your followers. But can't you go in and customize the way that boost works? Can't you say, hey, you know what? I want to boost this and I want to target certain people on it. 
Is that not? You can. Okay. You can. I have a little, um, I created my own little thing. I don't know what I named it. Little segments or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. TSB people or something or uh-huh. cards. And um, you can, you can fine tune that a little bit to where you want it to go. Like it can say to your followers and their friends, which I do because I'm thinking, well, if they're following Top Shelf Breaks page, their friends are probably into sports cards and stuff too. So let me go ahead and target to them as well. And then, like I said, the good old ADD metric, I start to see people liking the page. I get notifications when I do that. Mm. So it's working, you know. If I did all that and never saw anything, then we'd be like, well, this doesn't freaking work. This is stupid. <laughs> but it works. It does. It does. I can I can speak to that on not just within sports cards mm-hmm. and break culture, but other businesses that I have too. It works. It works, yep. works, works. And you turned me on to Twitter targeting, which I have been a big fan of the last few months. So. Yep. Even just boosting tweets is I don't know what they don't think they call it boosting tweets. It's like I don't promoted know. tweets. Promoted tweets, yeah, promoted tweets. Yeah. Yeah, promoted a, tweets. Great. There's just I mean, for as someone starting in the hobby, mm-hmm. just set aside a percentage of your revenue, whatever it may be, ten percent, and just plan on doing that. The stuff that you if you don't plan for it, you're gonna miss the boat. And here's what I would tell them. I would probably put my money into doing that than giving away your cards or free spots there you and go. That stuff because um, you have to be comfortable with, you know, quite frankly, selling your product. I mean, you don't go into a store and they're like, who wants a bunch of free stuff, <laughs> you know, and then people go in the store to get the free stuff and leave. You need to sell that product. You need to sell that product, which means selling all of your spots. If you're taking spots, giving them away, Doing, you're constantly spinning your wheels and you're not doing what you set out to do. Yeah, It brings people in, but I'm here to tell you, they'll leave very quickly. That's exactly. As fast as they come in. And I see the same kind of group of people gravitating towards those type of giveaways all the time. You know what I mean? Yep. And they got it figured out. They're like, oh, new breaker, free stuff. Woo, woo, woo. You know, and they run over there and get all the free stuff and get all fired up. And it works. It works. But you better be prepared to lose some money because you're giving away those spots mm. and stick it out. Yep. Stick it out and convert those people then into regular customers. So what I'm hearing, and this is probably the same for any business in any industry is if you build your initial business on customers that thrive on free stuff, your business will fail. <laughs> That's pretty, that is very, very accurate. It is. Yeah. It is, right. That is very accurate because, um, you know, I'm in the real estate business and we, we have a saying, it, it's called buyers are liars. And I'm, I'm sure other people may have heard that. But when it comes to somebody buying something, it's their call. They don't care about you. They don't care about your business unless they're intimately involved with you and know you want to support you. But I'm talking about the general consumer. Buyers are liars. They'll go to this car dealership. They'll go over there. They'll talk to that sales guy. They'll beat him up on price. Guy could be the nicest dude in the world wants to make a sale, but that buyer will go across the street in a heartbeat for $150 less. You know what I mean? Yep. And same thing with the houses. Buyers are liars. They don't care. They're going to play games with you to get what they want, what they want. It's their money. So they're going to come in, get all your free stuff. Now, what you can do, which is important, is to convert them, get to know them, embrace them, and and, and, and you have to be a salesman and bring them in. And get them used to your product. They obviously like sports cards and stuff, right? Because they're there. So that's a start. And you got to convert them. If you don't, it's attrition. And you're, there's a certain amount of attrition. You're going to lose people. 
So that's why you have to constantly be bringing in the new people and make that shift towards less promotions and giveaways to just on breaks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Preach it, brother. Yeah, amen. <laughs> All right. We've, uh, we've banged that drum, the drum a little bit too long, I think. I think we need to shift to another topic. Okay, hang on a second. I got it here. Uh, here, here. Here we go. Shifting transition. Once again, we can't hear it, so I'll have to plug a sound in. Wait for it. There it is. <laughs> You'll hear it on the playback. <laughs> yeah, it's right. <laughs> okay. Maybe they can't hear it. Listen, if they can hear it at home, well, then I'm sorry, but I can hear it. So, oh, well, it's a transition sound effect. You're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, all right, so let, let's talk about, and we, we can, again, put ourselves in, we can look at this through the lens of a breaker or anyone in the hobby, but let, what, what's a reasonable goal for a new business when they're looking at starting out to mm-hmm. strive for? Maybe in, in, in terms of the metrics you measure, but um, conversion rates, for instance, or revenue rates, what are some of the things that you think are absolutely like, these are goals that you should strive to hit? Anything um, come to mind? Uh, yeah, lots of things come to mind. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think back or... So you, ask me that one were, more time. Were you, you know, I guess, were you, were you that detailed when you started out where you said, you know what, in month three, I want to be at this number, at month 12, I want to be at this number? And again, I know this differs from every single person. Yeah. Uh, it depends on your economic situation and what you can handle. But uh, when it comes to like, let's just say, let's just building a customer base. Yeah. What, what is a reasonable expectation for an, a, someone entering the hobby to say, you know what, by six months in, I should feel comfortable with having 50 returning customers? Yeah. Here's your your metric. Here's what I was looking for, and I'm sure what others are. If you are starting out as a breaker, okay, today, there's different ones. First off, let's let's establish that. There's somebody who has a website and is going to be all in offering every new release, like full-blown website. Then there's also the Instagram breaker with his cell phone and his buddies. Mm -hmm. And it depends what you want to do. I thought about this before we went on the air because I figured this question would come up. If you're getting into this hobby, you need to decide if you are going to be a business owner. If you're going to be a business owner, a business generates revenue and generates profit. That is a business. If you are going to do this as a hobby, then you are not going to generate money and you are not going to generate revenue. You are doing it for a hobby. And the hobby part takes time. So like we talked about before, you're going to be losing your time to do this hobby. And I'm guessing that could get old really quick. So a business generates money. I love the hobby. I'm a collector, but I'm also running a business. So I have to make money. Luckily for me, when we started in my business, I had my wife to fall back on because we were not making money. Okay. You just weren't. There's not enough that I consider making $100 for 60 hours of work. That's not making money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I do. you have to be prepared if you're starting out to not make money for a while. So your goal should be, I need to start making X amount of dollars in 90 days. So you set that goal. I didn't set that goal. I set a goal to, I got to create a brand. I'm going to lose money when we start. We're going to do small breaks, ride that margin of uh, profit, and just keep building the brand. If we can do breaks build the brand, build relationships. I'll keep doing that for as long as I can. And luckily I made it through that tough, tough spot doing that and kind of broke through somehow. I still don't know really how market changed. I started doing more new release, whatever it was, but you got to be honest with yourself. And how do you start a business if you have a full-time job? That's my other quote, what we should talk about. 
for people at home. <laughs> How do you start a full-time business doing this if you have a full-time job? Guys at home that want to do this, it's you really have to sacrifice a lot or you just want to do breaks once or twice a week. And your metric will be, look, if I can do a case a week or two, I'm fine with that. And I don't know what people do. I don't know if they give spots to their friends. I don't know if they take spots. I don't know if they sell every spot. It comes down to that person. Like We don't see their numbers. We, we just see them opening stuff. So you don't know if every spot was sold. So I can't speak on their profits. You know what I mean? I do. You can't tell. Mm -hmm. There's no way to know. So you have to be honest with yourself and say, well, here's what I'm doing. And can you sustain that? And are you willing to stick it out? Sure. So if, if you're looking back, if you were to redo it, it sounds like you focus a lot more on customer acquisition and mm -hmm. building loyalty in your brand and all that stuff. And like, like you said, less on profit. Mm -hmm. If you were starting out again, would you focus a bit more on being profitable every break or would you do it the same way? I think I would. I think I really probably would focus on being more profitable on every break. Okay. Uh, to be honest with you, because it was a little scary and it was a little difficult and it was a little defeating and it was tough because I was working so hard to build the brand and build relationships and do all these things. And there, there wasn't a whole lot of money coming in. So today, 2019 with the market in the position that it's in, you got to remember it was different four or five years ago. There, there wasn't this super huge excitement and wave of technology that we have today and the ease of going live and stuff. So if I was starting now, this is individual, depends what you want to do, because it's going to be tough to make money right out of the gate, you know, um, unless you have 50,000 followers on your Facebook and you already have those numbers and you can just put up something and it sells. But I would definitely focus more on profits, um, <laughs> to be honest with you. I really would. So that means I have to work double time. I got to work on maximizing profits because you need customers. So you got to build your brand faster. Yeah and build relationships faster and get involved with the manufacturers and have them support you and get involved in your social media feeds and you know, that whole, that whole thing. It's different, man. It's different than it was five years ago. For sure. I know. For sure. Yeah. And it, I, I know that's tough. And when, when someone hears like, you know what, you need to focus on being profitable like that, that's a tough pill to swallow because it's, it's yeah. really hard when you're starting out. But my encouragement to you would be, uh, and you can validate this or not. If you start doing it now and you start off with a case and you find a way to be profitable, it is mm -hmm. so much easier to replicate that over and over again and grow your profit margins from yeah. here forward. Versus like, hey, you know what? We lost money here. Oh, shoot. We lost money in the second, third, fourth, fifth. But we got to yeah. find a way to be profitable. If you just go in with the intent of, you know what? I'm going to be profitable, period. You're going to be a profitable company. Yep. And, and, it takes money to do that because to make more profit, you have to make more sales and you have to sell more high yielding profit margin stuff and volume. So yeah. that then becomes time consuming to find all the product. And the problem today is, is um, allocations, which we go back to every time. <laughs> that hasn't gone away yet. What's no, going on with this, man? We're still here talking about allocations. You said you were fixing that for the hobby. Oh, yeah, I meant to. Gosh. Sorry, everybody gets everything. Overproduction. It's all, everybody gets 15 <laughs> cases to start. I'll take NT only. I just want NT. You can have yeah. the rest. So that becomes um, an issue. But like I said, I think maybe the last time we talked to someone else, I'm very comfortable with where I'm at with mine. Could I use a little bit more? Sure. But these weeks fly by. I mean, I just, it's tomorrow's yep. Bowman again already. And I just 
did Diamond Kings. You know what I mean? So the turnover is so quick every week. Now I'm focused on the Bowman and that's going to take a few days. And then it's like, oh, here comes tier one. Here comes this. And it's just constantly every week. That's my business model. Get the allocations, sell through them um, and and move to the next week because I don't get enough to sit back. I don't get enough to sit over there and pretend I didn't have it and bust it out in six months or a year. Just don't. And you got to make the money now and get the stuff moved out because it's hot. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. You just you make it sound so simple. Gosh darn it! Stop doing that. Me? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you know, you just sell them. You move to the next one, and that's it. Well, you do. You you do. You do. Click it to hit it, man. Hit it first. Then you know what that is. You got to <laughs> hit it first. That's just you want to get the new stuff. You come in, you hit it first, they get excited, they put it all over their social media feeds, they're awesome, they can't wait to get it. <laughs> and then guess what? You can hit it first again because here comes Bowman and here comes tier one. And that's that's what we do. Throwing a couple of mixers in the middle and opening up stores, hiring new people, that's what we do. Opening up retail shops and building studios in there. And <laughs> that's that's what we do. Yeah. All right. What, uh, what tools and strategies would you say you really, really use during the early phases mm-hmm. and are really, really using now that maybe you weren't using before? Anything come to mind? Tools and strategies, well, tw- uh, Twitter was really, as we said, the, the building block of Top Shelf Breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I utilized, um, became friends with other people that were already established in the hobby. So... What, what do they call that? Leveraging, you know, others and, mm. and sincere leveraging, I call it, and kind of partnering with them. And I did that in the beginning. And today what happens is I don't have the time. There's a theme here, it seems. I don't have the time to there do is. that as much anymore, meaning that cross promotions and leveraging stuff because I have to keep this machine going. So I wish I could still do all that and, and do a whole lot of other cross promotions with other collectors and stores and shops and, and people, but it's pretty much Twitter and Google, uh, for me anymore and being topical. I like to be very topical with what's going on mm-hmm. in the world, in the world and or in sports. And okay. I want to tie everything that I do into that. Do you know why? Because when you tie in a promotion that's something that's topical right now and they're not even watching the feed and they see that on the news or they see it in their news feed that something happened, they're going to think of you. Because, oh, yeah, WrestleMania is this weekend. Chris did this. Chris is doing that. TSB is giving this away in their promotion. If you buy into breaks, you get added for this. And he has Transcendent coming and whatever. So that's why I like to tie into the pop culture, popular culture, because I'm a pop culture nerd, geek. And that's the joy I get of doing this is tying into current events and being topical. So relevant. You're relevant. Relevant. And that's I did the that key. when we started and I do that to this day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Relevant. Okay. Uh, enough of you bragging about yourself. Yeah, please. Come on. <laughs> it's pretty gross. This is really gross. No, it so is. this is I super helpful, man. No, this is super Jeez. helpful. Um, are you are you the type of guy that is uses spreadsheets all the time and you're breaking down Excel S files and that's how you keep your data. Or do you use like QuickBooks or do you use like Zoho? What do you use to manage your business? Well, if there's an opposite of using spreadsheets and finances and looking at all that stuff, that's me because I don't, I have an accountant. 
that I hired oh, to do that. Okay. I, I had to. Um, when I price breaks and products in, in the gold packs that I do and those promotions and stuff, um, I use gross numbers as from cost and what the gross sales are. And then you back out a percentage for the other expenses, shipping, PayPal, and you're left with that amount. Um, I have other people that will do that for me. Um, Mindy's really good at that. Rip and Gypsy, they keep really, really, really good spreadsheets and they use Google, um, Google mm -hmm. Docs, I think, with just making the rows. You know what I mean? Here's what the cost was. Here's yeah. how many spots we sold. Here's the gross amount we brought in. Here's the PayPal um, deductions. Here's approximate supplies. And here's what we're left with net. And it accumulates each week. And my accountant just goes in, runs reports, and I see it, I don't know, every couple months because I just have to keep the sales going. <laughs> that's, you know, that's my job. That's really my job, dude. It's, I, I don't, I can't, I'm not good at that. Just being honest with that is not my strength. Just looking at numbers and sheets. I mix them up. It's just, if yeah. you're into numbers and sheets, yeah. awesome. Okay. QuickBooks is the way to go. That's what we have. We have QuickBooks, but all the QuickBooks does is go from the bank account into QuickBooks and then the accountant takes it from there. So it goes from PayPal every day. PayPal at the end of the night, I transfer every last penny. Well, I usually leave a hundred bucks in or something. Goes into the business account, and then from the business account, it goes in. It's in QuickBooks, and then he can just go in and see everything, all the checks that I write. So QuickBooks is very good. It's like forty, fifty dollars a month, I think, maybe sixty bucks, depending on the little upgrades you add and stuff. What do you use? Google, Google Docs, high left. Yeah, I use uh, I use a lot of QuickBooks. Okay. Uh, I, I have tried a couple of, like the fresh books. I've been trying fresh books a little bit too. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I, I prefer to outsource it a little bit, but when I have the data, it's kind of fun to, to dig into it a little bit and see where margins are and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you know the drill. W w once you go down that that alley of accountant data, there's no turning back. No. Like I mean, you you could you could twist and turn and adjust numbers any way you want a thousand ways and it's uh it's scary i've asked before for some help you know to some other mentors of mine and, and said what do you guys do when the volume starts to kick up like that you can't possibly track every single break yeah. and, and you can't and it's just like just focus on cranking the sales and when you build your breaks or your promotions or your packs things whatever you're doing you have a profit margin of say 30 or 40 percent gross you know so if you did a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, then hopefully you're looking at at least ten thousand in net profit. Yeah, or else you ain't you, something's wrong. And that's where all those giveaways can cause problems because you gave away so many spots or you priced it too low, mm. and you'd fall below that margin, and you're operating in reverse, upside down. So as long as the sales are there, and there's different margins on every product too. Remember that. Do you know what I mean? Some of the painting yeah. stuff now, it's double. If you have it at a pre-sale price and for what it's selling now, it's double. If you bought it at $100, it's probably a $225 box now. Yeah, mind-blowing. So that metric skews things because sure. it's not 30 to 40%. It's 100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, that's why everyone wishes they had more product because they, they think it would just be that easy to, to take those margins. But yeah, it's, it's not. It's not that easy to get not the product. Yep. It just isn't. 
Exactly. What about the like consolidated social platforms? Are you using that stuff like, hey, this is a site I go to and it manages my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook? Or you just go to Twitter and you do your thing? No. I use a thing called Simply Cast. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Simply Cast. It's all one word, Simply Cast. Okay. Simply C-A-S-T. And I use Simply Cast for um, Twitter. There's other – there's a lot you can do on Simply Cast. You would love it. Okay. You'd probably get lost in Simply Cast for hours, but – Simply cast, I go in, I create my tweets, right? For all the breaks and promotions and stuff that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You can stagger how often you want it to run, an hour, every three hours. You can select a date for it to end and um, attach the photo and then let it run. Let it fly. I think it's nineteen ninety five a month or nine ninety five. Nine ninety five a month. And if you enter code TSB, you get what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe I should talk to them. Yeah, no kidding. But I mean, I'm just trying to give an idea of what it costs. Some people are like, well, I can't spend $60 a month. That's nothing. It's only $10 a month and it's very well worth it. And um, that's what I use for Twitter. And then I'll, in conjunction with those, I'll use the Twitter um, ads and Facebook together. And maybe I'll crank up the Google sometimes. I fluctuate in the budgets that I use um, and how much. Some, Mm. Some weeks I'll put all of it, the allocated budget, into Google ads and and turn off. Twitter or turn off, you know, don't use simply cast or something and see, see what happens. Cause I have to do, I, you know, just like to see different things, but using all three of them, four of them together works, but that's the only automated system I use is simply cast. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I was looking at it as you talked here. This looks like uh, definitely something up my alley. It is. I'm sure many folks right. will jump on board with that. Very cool. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Good stuff. Tell me about uh, let's, let's end on a couple of things that uh, kind of forward looking a little bit. What what do you think is the area of the hobby most neglected? Ooh, most neglected. And I guess if that's probably the million dollar question in many circles. Oh, man, I'm truly stumped on that one. I'm trying to think like manufacturers missed a boat on something. Did did we as collectors not embrace something? Um, hmm. I will say this, I'm thinking back to a couple of years ago, I think it was with you actually. And we were talking about what do you think is the next big thing? What's, what's going to be in the collector's world. And I remember saying they're going to have, and I made a joke like dinner with Peyton Manning or something, you'll get a redemption and you'll get a special dinner night with Peyton Manning. And so now you're seeing that it started with what the trout party at a transcendent kind of thing. And now Transcendent is doing the WrestleMania events and parties. And yep. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Those big grand prize kind of things where you get to spend a day on the field at the All-Star game. Because it has to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Because people are getting bored with certain things, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I give them credit, manufacturers, for trying to evolve things. But there's only so many cool cards you can make. Bat knobs, bat barrels. Now they're doing buttons in tier one coming out here soon. Again, you know, buttons didn't used to be in tier one. So I don't know, at least it's moving forward a little bit. What do you think? Is there anything since you asked the question that you think would be neglected? Hey, this is my show. I asked the uh, questions. <laughs> I, I'm curious. I got my brain going. Like, Wait a minute. What are, what are we missing here? If you would have asked me a year and a half ago, I would have said, I feel like retail is neglected most. Okay, and not oh. so much in terms of quantity, but in terms of the num the the type of hits you can get, and maybe the transparency. Uh, 
that's what I would have said. But I don't think it's the case anymore. I think I think retail's doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, I know you're big on that, man. It seems to be um like you said, a year, year and a half has turned the corner as far as product availability and retail stores. Yeah, I mean I, I think from Tops and Panini's perspective, that was just an easy way for them to cram in more profits. And it just made sense. They, to, to their credit, I will say this, to their credit, I feel like the last year we've seen a lot more value placed on um, parallels and variations than I can remember. Uh, relics. Shiny thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Prism yeah. and refractors, all that stuff is really, really awesome. It's awesome. It's always yeah. has been awesome. But I feel like now you even got like, the variations and stuff, they, they're just working. They're just working. A product like Chronicles works because there's so many variations and the market's bought into that idea. You know, there's really nothing else in there. It's just numbered parallels and numbered variations. It's like, yeah, they figure out a way to sell product without a thousand different, you know, napkin relics and a bunch of sticker autos. So yeah, that, that's, that's pretty impressive. I, I do agree with you. And, um, I, I don't know. Do you think the cards are um, literally um, nicer, prettier, the shiny things like those golds and some of them you just look at them and you're like, wow, they really are good ass looking cards. Yeah, I do. They, yeah. There's no doubt about it. When I pull some of those things, I really say not just because it's a monster rookie or something, but I look at it. And I go, that's that's what a beautiful card looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be Leonte Carew, but I don't care. It's a beautiful, beautiful card. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that they finding different colors and different variations of shine or something in them mm-hmm. that that's, makes it fun. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, all right. This is good, man. You know what's great about this episode is that we didn't talk about a single product exclusively. Wow. How about that for once? That's an oddity. And we're not going to. We're not. No. <laughs> Any particular reason I spent an hour researching the product that's coming out in the next few months? Because you're just thorough. That's just the type of guy you are. I just would have wung it, wing it, wing it, whatever they say. You would have wunged it. I would have wunged it. (laughs) All right. I got some rapid fire questions for you. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Now, I have sound effects, but I think it's only going to be on my playback on YouTube that we Um, talked about. So go ahead, dude. Okay. I'll Um, throw nice sound effects in There's a lot of the same ones, but Think and Grow Rich Okay. We're going to continue down this uh, it's just a little entrepreneurship. back kind of thing. Okay. And, what is your favorite? You know, I, I've been to my fair share of seminars and webinars, and they always bring up that book, Think and Grow Rich. And another one that I've always liked, and I read it a long time ago, and this is very important. It's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. You've probably heard of that one too. That is a very good book. It's an easy read because I'm not a big reader, but it's one of those books that's easy to read. Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Very important. Love it. Okay. Did you know that uh, – because Napoleon Hill wrote Thinking Grow Rich, right? That is correct. He brought a b- bunch of different ones after that too. They started like branching off different ones. Yeah. By 2015, more than 100 million copies have been sold. That book. <laughs> See, there's a reason. There, there's a reason for that. Very, 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 very good book. It puts, it puts money and finances kind of into perspective and um, it's an easy read. It is. You know? It is. And I've – I've read other books over the years, the, the big, thick, chunky ones, and I just can't. I got them at home. But again, it's rapid fire with Ty, just catching, you know, mm, trying to off the top of my head what books have I read. He's not asking me why I'm sitting at home in front of the bookshelf, but those, <laughs> those two I definitely remember. That'd be no fun and that'd be weird. Um, yeah. 
Uh, he does have an audio book version of this. And okay. for those that are curious, go to Audible. You can download the Think and Grow Rich. And it's actually of him before he died in 70. Mm-hmm. Him of reading uh, reading the book, basically. It's what, what it came out of. It's really, really good. You hear the passion of every single topic he brings up. Well, that would be neat. Yeah. Well, see, it's it's an older book, but it's relative today because it's a mindset. It is. is what that, that book is about. Good so. call. Nice book. Nice work. Oh, so impressive. Okay. Uh, your favorite business-oriented documentary? Because I know you're a documentary nerd. I am. I just watched a really cool one that we got to talk about. Um, favorite business documentary? Uh, for some reason, I was thinking today that you're probably going to ask me that, and I was thinking about the baseball one I just watched, but <laughs> – you know, Warren Buffett has one. It's called Becoming Warren Buffett or something, Becoming Buffett. So that was very interesting to follow him around. Um, I don't know if that's one of my favorites. I'm going to have to circle back and uh, and think about think about that for a minute. Hmm. Favorite entrepreneur. I mean, I'm always watching CNBC. So I watch I watch The Profit with Marcus Limonis. That is one of my favorite shows. Um, it's a fixer kind of show where he goes into a business. It's amazing. And he he looks at them. You, you watch the profit, oh, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. Good. People, process, and product is the three Ps, very important in any business. So he goes in, and usually there's one off in those. So along this journey, ironically enough, I was always thinking, do I have the right people? I definitely do. I got my guys. Nate is awesome. We're starting this together. I got the people. Do I have the process down? I do have the process. I believe I have the process, but do I have the right products? So I had to really look and say, do I have the right products? And I don't think I did. So those shows are really informative if you take them to heart and look for little nuggets of information that he does to take from. And he's on CNBC. All the shows, new season just started recently, I think. It did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. And he's from Chicagoland, dude. He's oh, is he? Probably, okay. He's 40 he minutes like away. And I'm this close to contacting him and say, Marcus, you need to look at this industry. Oh. There's millions and millions of dollars being sold in these sports cards per year with these breakers. You need to look at it, dude. You imagine yeah. him getting his hands dirty in one of these group breakers and just being well, like, really, man? And then all the uh, the psychological stuff, the social – the arguing, the bantering. <laughs> yeah. It would be, be priceless. And he can come help start up Top Shelf Sports Cards in Elgin. There you, you know? go. But that's just a pipe dream. But it's uh, no kidding for real. It is in the back of my head somewhere that he's like 40 minutes away. And he's one of my looked up to entrepreneurial mentors. That's so, cool. That's yeah. cool. Well, my, my next question was going to be, who is your favorite entrepreneur? So that might just be the answer to the question. I really do like Marcus. I mean, there's a whole host of them that if I really sat down and thought about people that I've looked up to and followed over the years. I mean, there was people in real estate when we started that have built empires in real estate here locally and stuff and in their businesses and marketing. But Marcus... You know, he really does those deals on handshakes mm-hmm. for real. He really, really does. He goes in there and does handshake deals with these people to help them. And um, he gives them a check. And I just like his character, meaning his real character, his personality, not what he plays on TV. I believe that's really him. So yeah. I do look up to, to Marcus a lot. And I like his way of doing things. Like, I really yeah. do. Well, you, yeah, you can really see his character when they do like those recap episodes and they talk through what was <laughs> yeah. really happening. And you're like, wow, he is yep. really like like who he shows he is. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and how people have dicked him over and changed up and didn't do the things that they were supposed to do or concealed things from him and how he gets really pissed about that and upset. Or like you said, on the nice side of it and wanting to help people. And yeah. 
he's, he's just very, very, very well-rounded kind of guy, business minded. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about him. So mm-hmm. he is, he is my, uh, he's my, he's my dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, if you can answer this last question, then I'll be really, really impressed with you. Okay. Uh, I already am, but what, uh, what's the one long standing quote that sticks out to you from maybe a book you read, business book, uh, maybe mm-hmm. it was in school, whatever, maybe somebody that, you know, you looked up to that they said, what's the quote that kind of always resonates with you when you're going through a tough business time? A tough business time. You're going through one mm-hmm. of the valleys. Top shelf's not doing so well. Your real estate's not doing so well. What was what, what, there a quote that you go to that help keep you grounded? Yeah, the, 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 the crazy thing is my wife and I have these things plastered all over like our house and offices. And, and it's like, seriously? Um, I'll tell you one quote that we do use, and it's very close to what you're saying. But this is something that I teach my family and everybody that, that comes in here, and it's pretty simple. Okay. Um, if you always do the right thing. You don't have to worry about what you did wrong. So if you go through that in life and and it translates into business as well, you'll never have to worry about what did I tell this person? How did this go? You just do the right thing and you don't have to worry about anything you ever did wrong because you didn't. You know what I mean? I love it. And and, and so I do, especially in this business with shipping cards and this and that, just guys, when you come here to work, just do the right thing, and we never have to worry about what we did wrong. All we have to do is look up and find out what happened. There's nothing to conceal or change or hide or worry about. Just do it right. Do the right thing, and that should grow and help build your success because you become that type of person and that type of business. So I've implemented that here, and uh, it seems to be working so far. But I, I would take that into uh, into account. But I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to tweet it out because I really yeah. do have I do have a lot of those little slogans and business ideas uh, and quotes. But for some reason, live on the air, they're kind of escaping me right now. I'll tell you what. It's Tuesday, right? So we got – how about yeah. uh, through the end of the week, you and I exchange quotes on Twitter. I have about three that I go back and forth on. Okay. And then uh, we can share them and I'll copy you, copy me, tag me. I will do it. Right. We'll call it. We'll call it hashtag great quotes. That's right. And we can do it because there really are some. I live by those things. Those things, you know, our family. We have what's called the family passwords, and we have a whole bunch of little phrases that I teach the boys. And when we're playing games, to let them out, I'll make them, you know, I'll randomly say, "I need two passwords or something to get out of here, or to go here, or do that." So that's my way of instilling things in them. And so we have all these quotes and things. So I'm going to go back and research some of them, and um, and we'll we'll exchange them on Twitter. That's, I like I it. That. As you just said that last sentence, it made me think, you know what? We might have to have a parenting episode. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> I'm sure you got some pretty good little, there you go. little uh, hacks hacks when it comes to parenting. Parental hacks on the next Breaker Culture episode. <laughs> That'll get them to come. That'll, that'll get them there. And like, oh, and oh, yeah, National Treasures basketball is coming out. Uh-huh, I talked about a product. Yeah, you. Uh, good stuff, man, as always. Really, really, yeah. really good stuff. Thank Listen, you. Listen, I hope people got – when you told me that you wanted to do an entrepreneurial-based um, episode, my mind really got excited because um, I just love entrepreneurial studies and just embrace other entrepreneurs. Watch webinars, seminars. But you know what's fun to do? And we'll leave them with this, tie. Go to the bookstore because they still exist. 
<laughs> I forget what they're called nowadays. There's there's Walton. many of those that are car stores. But what the, the bookstores, what are they called nowadays? I don't know. Walden Books or whatever's there. They got them in the mall. There's some Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go into Barnes and Nobles. Go into the business section. <laughs> okay. Go into the business section and the entrepreneur section. And there's a, so many books in there. That's what I do on my free time. Is I go over, I get a piece of pizza, I go to the bookstore and I'll browse through some of those books. And I'll read, I don't know, a few pages of them here and there. And pick one up, take it home and freaking read it. Find one that resonates with you about business. Buy it and read it. And then study that person. Study that entrepreneur and implement that into your business that you're about to start mm. or that you've started or that you want to start. There you go. Go be a doer. Go make it happen. That's right, man. Go and do likewise. Yeah. Awesome, man. Have a good week. Thanks, Ty, for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. Top Shelf Breaks. Chris, enjoy your week. Peace out. You too.